0: Hey, welcome to your day. My name is Corey. Of course, I'm sitting with my best friend, Tony. What's up, man? What's going on, brother? Nothing. I mean, we're not in the room together because I don't know for some reason you don't like to hang out with me anymore. But you know, here we are. Here we are. Not in the same room
1: together. You could say. You should have said. I'm looking at my best friend. I should have. Right. I'm looking at, but then Alicia's face wasn't up. So, you know what I'm going to do? Usually they become your best friend by the end of it. So it wouldn't be lying either way. Uh, You're right. Fair enough. And she's been on a couple of times. So, you
0: know, she, I I guess she qualifies as my best friend at at this point.
1: Right. Yeah. Dude, I'm, I'm totally into this conversation. The pre-talk before we, we have the podcast, like I'm so interested in everything that Alicia has been up to
0: what's amazing so today oh alicia i'm gonna totally mess your last name up uh Ali, what's your last name alicia sullier sullier all right we gotta go alicia sullier is coming on the podcast today and um she's the uh the ceo the founder of salon scale she's got a lot to share um about her life and about but uh, just about everything and um again i think this is a third time on the podcast but but tony you're absolutely right man like we were just like, just a little insider or in, information. So we usually, we usually like have a little pre-talk, a little like small talk, I guess is what we kind of call it before we get on. You know, just to kind of you know catch up if it's an old friend or, or if it's a new friend, kind of get to know him. But we brought up a couple subjects and then like Alicia went in deep. So like we were like, no, 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 no.
1: save, 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 save. We want to talk about this. This is really good stuff. So oh, no, like we could, ha- yeah, we we could have had. A conversation for an hour before we even started the podcast because we were like we were locked in and it, I'm glad you said stop 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 because we I would have kept going.
0: <laughs> well, I was I was like oh my gosh this is so good that's so funny this is so funny it's such a weird setup <laughs> but you know it is so yeah so Alicia Alicia's coming on the podcast and um dude I'm I'm just excited about it's so cool to kind of watch. And Alicia can let me know better, but it's kind of like when we first met up with Alicia, they were kind of, she was like, she started this business and she was trying to get it started. It was kind of in that like super beginner phase about like, is this, is this more conceptual? Not that it was real at the time, but, but it was kind of in that phase was like, is this still conceptual? And then to watch it like explode and to watch it, like, you don't even have to like, like, I know here, I'll I'll bring it back to us for just a sec. When we started the podcast in 2018 which wasn't that long ago right doesn't seem like that long ago i would i would invite people on the podcast and i'd literally have to explain to them what a podcast was right like which is for me was weird because i've been listening at that point but it was like what a podcast you know I'd explain what a podcast is and and, and alicia's kind of the same like like the first time she came in, we were explaining like, this is what salon scale is. This is what it's going to do for your business. But it was still kind of like in that conceptual phase. And now like, you know not I mean? Now salon scale is, is part of the ethos of our industry, which is so
1: dope to kind of watch like happen. You know what I'm saying? I hope I explained that well. Yeah, yeah. no, you explained it perfectly, you know, and especially when it's, when, when you know them and they're your friends and you get to see them flourish the way the company is, it's just like you're, you can't help but be excited, proud, and just—you know what I mean. Just watch from on the sidelines, like good for you guys, because they're doing it to help the industry, and that's yeah, yeah. you know,
0: a hundred percent. And in a way, listen, let's bring her on, we, she can give us all the all the all the chat, the talk, <laughs> and stuff like that. But nobody really wants to hear us talk about it anymore. Alicia, welcome back to your day off, man. Thank you for coming, joining us.
2: Hey guys, I'm honestly, I'm so excited to get into it. A lot has changed, like I, like you had kind of mentioned earlier. And I'm just so grateful to be able to have this opportunity.
0: Hey, when you, what was I right though? When you first came on, I mean, I know you guys were a business, but it was a different conversation that we were having, right?
2: I think honestly, we launched Salon Scale June 8th, 2018. So I think when we came on, we were probably maybe eight months into starting Salon Scale.
0: That's amazing, man. And it's, it, it, it's so cool because what you guys do is you kind of like turn everything around, right? Like, like, we have to work in color costs into our service. And you're saying, no, 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 no. no. We can separate these things in the client notes. And I'll tell you, um, our good friend, Presley Poe, uses salon scale. And, yeah. and since she opened her salon, she's like, I no longer pay for color my clients pay for color, like she doesn't pay for color anymore. And that makes her super excited, you know?
2: Oh, exactly. I think, you know, salon scale has been this much needed kind of tool that just gave us our cost of goods in real time. You know, we've been kind of including in and maybe setting a budget or a percentage base or, and now it kind of gives you more of a transparency in your business. And whether we know it or not, Transparency is needed now more than ever in our industry to understand what it really is taking to run a, a, a successful, profitable business.
1: Yeah, I, I'm 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 going to get into a little bit too. Like I know that it, salon scales has evolved a little bit, and we're about to get into that conversation. But you know, in 2018, nobody saw at the end of 2019 and early. 20 what was about to hit us and you guys being such a young small company to get get hit like that i mean that had to be devastating but to be able to hold on and survive and come out on the other side bigger and stronger just talks volumes about salon scale Oh, i think the
2: one thing i needed to learn was patience i think as an innovator you know i could see very clear what this could do to an industry but you have to realize that I was the craziest person in our industry to say I'm gonna make everyone challenge their pricing in every salon in every city in every country to change the way that they're processing their businesses. Like that's a big, like bold thing to do. And I just I, and up listen, to the I'll place. say it
0: for you, it was a big effing thing, man. <laughs> you know, it was right? a big thing.
2: But I just knew. I was like, I was seeing it this. I was like, oh my gosh, I've ran this business for. To over 10 years, I've been independent. I've, I've had the same struggles and I had the solution in my hands, but I just needed to have confidence to be able to go out there and be on podcasts like yours to say like, there's a better way to do this. What, why are we free pouring ha- hair color? Why are we not tracking these things? Um, and you know, how do I like get it out there? And honestly, it was the patience. Like I wanted, it was so hard because people, it took a while because they, they had to challenge what they were already doing. Right. And it made people feel bad. Like they were doing something wrong. So they just didn't want to face the scale. They would rather be like, well, our system works. I don't need this. And then eventually it was like at every conference then on every podcast and on everyone's Instagram pages. And now it's getting to the point where those early adopters are now being huge faces for our brand and being huge advocates to really the thousands of dollars that are going back into their business. It's now this massive word of mouth thing that I cannot control, but it's now finally coming back. And that, you know, even uh, post pandemic, uh, it's just amplified it even more.
0: That's amazing. And, and kind of, uh, I don't even know if you have an answer here, but, but all of our costs have gone up significantly, you know, through, through, you know, the last, I mean, since 2020. So, like if as a salon owner and I'm using salon scale now, am I just going, listen, my costs go up and, and, and being transparent with the client about that? Or or how have salons been using salon scale to instead of doing like a no like in the old days, we'd be like, you know, once a year or I guess what I'm saying is like with salon scale, you can raise your price in real time. Like it's not you don't have to be like, oh, our price is going up. We're we're we're, we're raising our price at the end of this year or something.
2: Exactly. Sometimes a price increase doesn't mean a pay increase. I think that's something that you have to realize. Like sometimes you need to increase your pricing just to keep up with the cost of goods. Um, And so the salons that have really good language within their staff, they've just add salon scale on top. So they completely separate their parts and labor. That's how those ones are operating. There's other salons that have like a budget or percentage and they use salon scale to compare and analyze to make sure that they are in target Um, or, you know, if they had an 8%, let's say back bar consumption rate and they use 12%, then they would just add the difference. Right. So there's a lot of people that use it in different ways, but I think the biggest thing is, okay. So I totally pulled the data on this. And over the last three years, we took all, uh, all salons that have worked with us for three years. And that was about a thousand locations. So about a thousand locations, um, I ran their numbers on how much they were using per session over the year, one year to the next year to the next. And on average, they were using about $15, so like $14.80 was the average amount of cost um, per session. And then when I looked at last the last six months, that four uh, it added $4. So what the, that meant is inflation added four more dollars to every single ticket. So that's how much inflation has actually increased. It went from 14 to 18 um, just because of the cost of the supply going up. And so if you are not using salon scale or something to track, you're basically eating $4 on every single color service um, just as a base. So that doesn't, sometimes it could be $40 or two or not too, but like $4, that's insane. So it's between eight to $12,000, a single stylist a year. That is just inflation cost.
0: Whoa! Whoa, wow. whoa! 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 Back
2: up! How much per stylist? For it's eight to ten thousand dollars a year is lost in inflation.
1: That's a staggering number. Yeah, and if you're in a solo suite, you, that that's more or less. Even if you didn't change your prices, that's how much. Even though inflation's gone up, your what you've made has gone down. Now you just got a eight to you ten thousand dollar pay decrease. While well, oh my goodness, right?
2: Like, would you rather the eight thousand dollars in your pocket, or do you want it as an expense? Like, you choose. Do you want this as income or an expense? Like with salon scale, you could choose. I mean, most of us like money around here, so probably going to charge your customer. But when we give you that number, there's only three options you can do. Number one, you can just track it for the future and hope that you increase your price at one day, which let's be honest, you're not going to do that, but, or maybe you will, I don't know. The second one is you can charge your customer for it, which makes, if you have a team, a lot happier than you're not taking it from them. Or the third one is you got to take it from the stylist. So if there's only those three options, the best and easiest way is just to charge it to the customer. Let the customer pay for only what they're using. No more just the exact amount of color they're using.
0: That is remarkable. I, you know what? Uh, over the mantra that I've had over the last couple of years is that with all of our costs going up, that either either I'm paying it for my customer or my customer is paying me for it. Right? Yeah. So, so I mean, there's like there's no way around it. You know so that's that that's been my mantra in my head and it's like I'm not in business to for, for me for me to pay for their service. But essentially that's what we're doing, right?
2: Oh exactly. And you know I think when you include it in there you're really setting yourself up for you know um an an issue when it comes to the year end, right? Like there's expenses that are in there. So if you are someone paying commissions, you're paying commission on your parts. So if you don't include that inflation and you don't include a margin for your commission, which is probably fifty percent. You're probably taking a massive loss, probably forty to fifty k a year. You're taking in a loss because you're not separating it.
1: All right, I want to tell our, our, our listeners to pause it, go to the the original podcast, listen to that podcast, and then unpause this one, and because we're going to about to get into how this thing has evolved because salon scale is i mean not only were they an innovator back then they continue to be an innovator because uh the things that they're up to now is it's even more game changing uh and 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 putting more money back into the salon owner and the, and the stylist's pocket so earlier we talked about in our pre-talk you're at some event what event were you at? were you at
2: i was at the high performance salon academy's uh event
1: where was that, Alicia?
0: So it was in Atlanta. Oh, nice. Yep. 300,
2: 300 people, um, about 150 salons at this event. Is it um, a
0: multi-day event or is it a...
2: Yeah, it was a three-day event in, in Atlanta.
0: Was Daniel Mason Jones there? I don't know. Ah, Daniel. <laughs> sure there. Daniel. So, so Alicia, kind of tell us that story that you did. So so the MC of the event, what did he say? So one of
2: the founders of HPSA was up there and he was in the room with the salons and there's about 150 salons in this room. And, um, I was like sitting in the back of the room, just taking it in. And he asked if anyone in the room uses salon scale to stand up and no, no, no shitting you guys, there, 85% of the room stood up. And I was like sitting there and that my heart just like started pounding and I, I've never, cried because i was happy the only other time i did was when i had like my daughter and i could feel the energy coming up like i wanted to cry because you know i've been through the pandemic i invented this product i just truly wanted to make impact and i was like staring at it and i could see these salon owners all standing up with smiles on their all happy and then jason says okay well for those that are sitting down the ones that are standing up tell them you know what has salon scale done for your business this year and how much revenue has been brought in. They were screaming out like 50,000, 75,000. One guy was like $165,000. Salons has brought in his businesses in a year and a half of using us. And I just, that's when the waterworks start coming. So I'm just like now sitting here trying to breathe. And it's hard because I run a digital business. I can't always see who I'm impacting, but in that moment, it was the biggest gift to see these salons and a fraction of the salons. Because keep in mind, that's 150 salons. We're in well over 2,000 salons now. So like we have over 8,000 stylists that use our product every day. So that was a huge reality of the impact. Um, So as I sat back there and I was just trying to take this in, um, Jason then said, you know, I also have a small gift for you guys. And the founder of Salon Scale is actually here. And they gave me like this standing ovation. And like, I get teary-eyed thinking about it because I'm like, oh my God. And they were like, literally thanking me. Like they wouldn't have survived the pandemic. They wouldn't have been able to pay off their PPE loans and get this cash flow back in their business and create more transparency within their salons and their customers and their stylists. It was like the most incredible moment. They came up to me for the rest of the weekend and were just, I felt like, I felt the impact that was made, and it was truly a memory I will never forget, and one that I will hold on every time I have to keep fighting and building more things for the industry. I will never forget that that energy, that moment in that room that day.
1: I, I can imagine, because those numbers that they were throwing out are, are numbers that we normally would never see. We would eat. We would literally, we would eat those costs, and that can literally put a business out. You know what I mean so being able to to bring it that that kind of income in or you know being able to pass on that type of expense or cost to the client is huge i mean you 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 had to be ter eyed and be proud because i mean you 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 impacted so many lives that way that's it's crazy oh it's amazing <laughs> absolutely amazing um,
0: that is so cool, man I just that's cool. Yeah, and and I, I certainly can relate because like you said, you have a digital company and you just, you don't, you don't get to see the customers and certainly the last three years, none of us have traveled or the last two years, none of us have traveled. so So you don't get that, but, I I, I kind of get it because, you know, with the podcast, we have no clue. You know, it's like it's, it's funny, like, you know, we're sitting down here doing this now and this is our conversation. But the moment we release it, we no longer own it. Like the universe owns the conversation and the universe does with it what, whatever they're going to do. So when when somebody just comes up and goes like, dude, thanks, man. you you I like your podcast. Even I like your podcast. You know, we're just like, OK, so it's just validation that we're on the right track. And I mean, your validation is huge. I mean, we don't have like, we haven't saved anybody any money, except having you on. (laughs) Lots. Well,
2: there's lots of people that have come to us from you too. So you've saved a lot of people, (laughs) you know, passing on the information.
1: Were you there to share what you guys are up to or were you there as a, just to absorb what was happening?
2: Well, I don't think I could talk after that, so there was no me sharing anything of what we're. Um, I was there to kind of help, and the right when he was done, and we bre- branched out. I had about twelve salons came right up to me, credit cards in hand. They're like, "Let's go," and I was like, "Of course, right?" Because they're they're having you know FOMO of watching all these other salons had the money. Um, but I was really there to help, you know, um, really strengthen, you know, that network that's kind of in that area. And then talk really about what is coming. And we do have a lot of things coming for Scale. We call it more. Uh, Scale gives you more um, is our big campaign. And where did it come from? Well, I kind of thought of this thing where it's like, We do operate like most of our business from that back bar. So how do you build your back bar? So how do you build more things other than just hair color, right? What is it costing you in the back? So we're adding on more ways to track your costs, whether it's foils, gloves, treatments, um, anything, bobby pins, whatever it's costing, you can quick add them to a ticket so that you can truly know the full cost of good. So now instead of just including those as expenses, they are passed on to the consumer, And are factored into your budget. um, And it allows you to really understand what it's costing for each of those sessions that you're doing. Uh, This is a game changer, you guys, because it's going to allow us to really make sure we have that cost to, to match to our pricing and to make sure that we're not letting services walk out unpaid for.
0: Alicia, now, now now, you got me on my soapbox a little bit here. So just real quick. So February of 2020, I bought a, a two-pack. I actually bought a few of them, thank goodness. But I bought a two-pack of 200 gloves for $12.50. You with me? So that was yep. 400 gloves for $12.50. The last box of gloves that I bought from the same distributor was 200 gloves for $25. So help me with the math, but that's almost a 300% increase. Yes.
2: And it's, it, it's not gonna, it's not gonna slow down. So, you know, just like them, there's a supply issue and a shortage issue. And because our market is very fragmented, what does that mean? We have a lot of independent stylists, 80% independent, uh, 20% salon ownership. So that makes ordering. Just think about all these people ordering compared to before when we used to have like, Larger locations ordering, it's created the, this bullwhip effect in the supply chain. So it's making the supply even higher because now the market goes up because the distributors are placing bets on those gloves, which drives the price up. Um, and so when it's a supply and demand issue, that's this is what's what's happening. Um, before you'd order a box of gloves for a whole team of people, now there's individuals buying a box of gloves for themselves. So the faster we go independent the more supply issues and the higher the price is going to be. So that's why you really want to run an efficient color bar and or back bar, making sure you're only ordering a small amount and knowing what your needs are so that it it helps with the regulation of price.
0: Wow. And um, I know foils have gone up quite a bit as well. I mean, any, any, any raw materials going up.
2: All your supplies have gone up on average, 18%, 18%.
1: So, so it's not no longer a color focus, it's more of a salon focus. So, you go ahead.
2: Everything, you got it. I, I, we need help. Our salon industry needs technological innovation that matches our modern way of thinking and doing, and it needs to be creative and easy and efficient. And these, um, systems should just be quick and easy. Just to add it on, like do the math for me. I don't need you to you know, tell me how to run my business. I just need to know how much things cost. So we are very much going to focus on all the costs associated with your business to just give you some type of information to make sure that you are charging properly um, and that you can make the most that you possibly can.
0: Okay, how easy is it like like I buy a box of gloves and it's 200 by you know for for $25. How easy is the math? Here's what I I guess here's what I'm trying to say. How easy is it? Like we we set it up, we take the time to do that. Everybody does data entry and we all hate it, Alicia, you know that, right? But how yeah. easy is it now next time I buy that box and it's $300 for 200, I mean $30 for two, for these 200 gloves. How easy is it to go in the app and go And then, and then, and then to plug that in. So, you know, when, when I'm doing Tony's hair, I know that, you know, I I also add two gloves to his service and, you know, yeah. I mean, how how easy is it to kind of do that? Because that seems to be the hiccup with a lot of software.
2: Yeah. So if you try to take the box of gloves and you break it down by gram and weigh it, you will hate salon scale probably. (laughs) Because you're having to put these gloves on. It's annoying. Um, So the best thing I suggest is have these like, just flat fees so a dollar for a a pair of gloves and if you actually do the breakdown of the 200 gloves by the 25 you're looking at like under 50 cents a pair of gloves right or whatever it is 50 maybe 75 cents a pair so as long as you make sure that there's your margin so you double it so if you if it's a dollar cost then you charge two dollars for a pair then every time you hit it, it just you're making margin on all the products that you're using and People think I'm crazy when I say this, but you should never feel bad about making money on every aspect of your company. And it's time, time is up. You need to separate this and make sure it's there because you're not building cash flow. And what happens is our entire industry is building all of their assumptions off lagging indicators. This is going to be a huge, huge thing instead of leading ones. So when you are ordering for the past month, that's a lagging. You're buying back what you used the month before. That means you haven't created any cash flow to support the next month. If you just doubled what you use, so if you bought a hundred dollars of the product and you charge two hundred, now you have the cash flow to support the next month. You can lead with your cash flow, but when we don't do that, we just include it in and we don't separate them and we don't have margin there. What you're going to do is you're probably going to be in a deficit the next month and not have the money to support the supplies you're needing to do.
1: That makes sense. So uh, great. What's great about that? Because, like you said, like if you pass it on to the to to this customer, like say say the, the gloves were eighty cents, so you charge them a dollar sixty, and you know the back bar, whatever. At the end of the day, if you're charging them four or five dollars additional for parts, uh, and then you charge your labor, usually, I mean, that four or five dollars, they're not going to really complain about. A lot of times, if we try to uh, raise our prices. In a significant way, and then not know what our cost is. You know what I mean? To them, I, I think that's more. They get more taken back by by the increase of that. Uh, it's it just, it, it's amazing. As you're just talking about, I'm seeing it. Like I'm like, man, okay, how can I utilize more and more of this? Even with product breakdown, right? Like in sales, it just. It's huge.
2: You would never just give a shampoo off the shelf and just be like, actually cost is good today, right? Because they're shipping there. So we have been, we need to think of our back of house as another retail center. And when we, because it costs us that much, the average salon orders anywhere from a hundred to $180,000 out of the back. That's walking out. Why not turn that into straight up revenue? Right. You know? it it, it, an average independent is going to be ordering probably anywhere from 20 to 40 thousand dollars a year why not make 20 to 40 thousand dollars more a year you know the consumers um they they're used to this and they're used to a separation of parts and labor they're used to the language of it but they would much rather come to a, a a thriving successful company and like like they want you to be successful. Customers want you around. Why? Because they want services. They want you to be so successful that you'll do their hair all the time. But, but if you don't have a business to support them, they're not going to like that very much.
0: No, not at all. I, and, you know, you you brought up like uh, the parts and service. It, it, our industry... Our consumer, the consumer is, like you said, is uh, knows what this is, right? Because there's so many businesses that already do that. I mean, if you take your car to get, you know, get your tires changed, you're already paying parts and services and you're paying for, I don't know about in, the, in Canada, but in the U.S. you're paying for, you know, disposal of, of said tires and, you, and you're paying for, you know, any kind of labor that they use or any kind of parts that they use, no matter how, no matter how minute. You know Exactly.
2: And the other thing, this is like the next big mind blowing conversation is banks fund businesses that have cash flow and predictable cash flow trends. So the reason why our entire industry, you can't get loans, you can't get credit, you cannot grow your business, you can't get any growth capital is because you don't have any cash flow. So if you have cash flow and let's say you're earning Three thousand dollars a month, you can show that and borrow. If in the year you're going to make another thirty-six thousand dollars of cash flow, you can borrow that upfront because they know that you're going to be able to pay it back because you have predictable cash flow. So now, if you want new chairs and you want more product, or you want to expand or build a location with your friends, or build your own salon, you can do this with predictable cash flow. But you need to focus on the cash flow, and that really is where we're going to start to see more financial opportunities for salons um by just looking at what's left what's in that bank what's that cash flow um and how do we manage that properly
0: wow when you started away. You, yeah me i am too completely alicia when you started this did you understand or did you envision that you know we would have more like borrowing power or we'd have more of that kind of stuff
2: i i'm going to say something pretty bold I believe that I created something that will spark enough of this industry to understand the cash flow to borrow, because the true intention of salon scale is to put money back in salon owners' pockets. Um, And I think that we now have enough education that people will start to learn what it takes to have financial financial literacy and then financial technology to help elevate. Um, And then I will say this. Uh, when I started salon scale, I knew nothing of this. I did not think this way. I didn't have this way. So everything is possible when you believe in your purpose and what you're supposed to do. And when I had to build salon scale, I had to get really uncomfortable, really uncomfortable to learn technology, raising capital, figuring out a growth analysis, projections, valuations. I had to learn so many things that are uncomfortable. I am a hairdresser by trade. I don't have a degree in university. I have a degree in hairdressing. And I had to learn it all. That makes me realize that this entire industry can too. This entire industry can too. And I may say words that are kind of big and overwhelming at times, but I'm just like everybody else. I was a a hairdresser by trade and I have no other degrees other than self-taught. It's an entrepreneur learning how to grow a business.
0: It's amazing. You're you're amazing, dude. And uh, by the way, whenever she says borrow, that's American for borrow or that's Canadian for borrow <laughs> money. So if you want to borrow money, you and, and we're going to borrow money. <laughs> <laughs> uh, and speaking of amazing, dude, you look amazing.
2: Thank you. I was uh telling the guys earlier that I lost uh 72 pounds this last year. Um and I'm um, the last little bit that I've lost mostly, I, I did this huge change, which is um, I'm doing 75 hard and I have five days left before I'm done. Um, so a little context between 75 hard is 75 days, two workouts a day, one gallon of water, read 10 pages, take the four pictures, weigh in uh, once a day, clean eating. So stick to a diet, no alcohol um, for 75 days. And so I'm on day 70.
1: Dude, you, that's a, you, you look stunning. You were beautiful. 72 pounds ago, but you, you're absolutely you. stunning.
2: I'm like, I was, I, this has completely changed it to a whole another level. And you know, when you have those moments of your life where you still feel like you're holding back, or maybe it's just not your time. Um, I think 75 hard just allowed me to really dive deep into, you know, what is the greater purpose of what do I want to do in my life? Um, And it set these like daily practices and rituals that now, like, I don't even want to stop. Like, I don't, it's not something that after the five days, I'm going to be like, okay, great. Now I don't have to work out and do this. Like it is my life. Um, But the biggest value, number one was drinking water. I never realized how much drinking water helps with mind clarity. um, And even just staying hydration uh, is, is really important to keep your head ready to get into bigger thoughts, but uh, reading. The reading was, I can't, I would take every day, I would read something, I would discover another nugget, another gift to add and apply to what we were doing. So I was able to bring clarity to the team and build a little bit faster. Um, But I've gotten to a sense of purpose. It's like I wake up every day, not like maybe I should have, I'm like living. I look in the mirror and I am everything I dreamt I wish I was today. And that happened through this program.
0: That's amazing. How many, how many pages are you reading a day? 10
2: pages uh, a day. Um, I've read five books so far. So I've read a little bit more than 10 pages a day, but that's just one of the baselines that you do.
0: That's it's, it's pretty amazing. I mean, the 75 and it's hard, right? I mean, 75 hard is it's legit, but it's like, it's a discipline more than a, than a workout.
1: She made oh, it sound so casual, like, uh, yeah, i I've read five books. You know? <laughs> like, I don't think I've I've read five books in the last 10 years. I, My life.
2: <laughs> I think I've read one book in the last five years. Like I convinced myself that I just do audio books. And so.
0: Oh, so it's a physical. A like you have to read. Mm-hmm. You have, have to read, read
1: it. I'm done. I don't. <laughs> That's what I'm saying. I listen to audiobooks, but I, yeah, I, I don't, I, I haven't read a book in forever. You know,
2: you know also here's the other thing is you know when you hop on a plane and every time they talk about when the masks fall down to assist yourself before assisting others Uh that is what like this will do it you have to assist yourself before you can assist anybody else in your life and like by reading and by drinking water and eating clean and doing these things you realize in that moment what that means by assisting yourself before you assist others and we live in this whole world that like if you focus on yourself, it's being selfish, but I now look at the like thousands of people that get to like elevate their lives because I made myself, you know, focus internally. And so it's, if, if if you're an entrepreneur, if you're running a business, you have a family, you have a like, it, it doesn't, if you invest your time internally, everything else changes externally, everything else, not physically, not just physically, but people around you change. Like There are five people around me in my circle that are now doing 75 hard because of the energy you get from it.
0: I'm going to have you send me stuff because you might have a a, a sixth person. Not that I'm in your inner circle, but a sixth person that you've inspired. Yeah, I call call that in and, you know, I've done this in pockets in my life, but it's time. There's a time to be selfishly selfless, right? It's, it's like, it's like take care of myself. So so I have more to give, you know, if, if ironically, if you don't take care of yourself, you have nothing to give. So it, it's not, a, it, it's hard to be selfless in those moments. Right. Especially yeah. like if, if, you're, if you have like with me with like spinny brain and all that weirdness that comes with that, you know, if I can't control that, then, then I, I have no
1: space. Yeah. We were talking pre-talk. I'm like, I've never heard of it. So as soon as we, uh, are done with this podcast, I'm on this on my laptop and I'm I'm looking it up. 75 hard Any 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 advice? Uh Alicia.
2: I think um I think the biggest thing is just take it one day at a time. And you know, after honestly, the first week you you start getting excited for something. It's a lot of changes really quickly, but um just stick to it. And there's a lot of reading materials, the before and afters, like looking at people's before and afters and and like reading about that also helps you encourage uh, to stay on that. And then the last little gift that I will give is when you're feeling stuck, and this can be whether you're doing seventy-five or just in your life. If you're feeling stuck, like you're in this, like you want to move but you can't, and you want to buy things but you can't, and you feel stuck. Um, the first thing you need to do is audit your time. So you have to audit your time. You have to go and look in your calendar and see where are you spending time. Are you spending it on social media? Are you spending it you know, working behind the chair the whole time? Or are you spending it? Um, you know, what, where is this time? Um, and then you audit it and buy yourself some time back, right? This is called the buyback principle. So you want to buy back as much time. So could you spare eight or 10 hours more back? Then when you buy that time back and you get rid of this and this and this, uh fill it so fill it with the gym fill it with reading fill it with education because most people in this industry thrive off chaoticness and they get confused between when they have time when they have time they get confused of of time as being um boredom versus um peace so when they have time they get confused that that's actually peace That's not boredom. That is called peace. And you should buy that time and be as peaceful as you can in your life and have joy. And we need to start thinking that way. How do we buy more peace back? So constantly go through that. If you get stuck, audit your time, buy back your time, then fill up that time with the things that are going to keep giving you more peace and joy in your life and get used to it.
0: Mm -hmm. Those are wise words, Alicia. I love that. Hey, so, um, sorry, I'm, I'm stuck. I have one more question uh, about 75 and heart uh, 75. Yes. And um, what, uh, so you said to work out twice a day, what, 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 what qualifies a workout?
2: Well, I live in like minus 40, which is extremely cold here. And one of them, you're supposed to work out outside. And sometimes physically, like I just can't work outside because it's too cold. So, um, I generally think like I do CrossFit about five days a week. So a, a working out in a in, in like a program like that, that's a really good workout. Um and then adding things like I've done swimming, I've done um spin class, I've done, you know, uh at home kind of workouts, maybe even meditation and or yoga like stretching is also one that you want to put in there too. But um it's you know really anything that's moving your body is really important. And then trying different things um is kind of a nice way to kind of get through the program as well.
0: That's amazing. Alicia, we are such a big fan. Not, I'm a fan of you as a CEO, as a badass woman, but you know, also as a friend. Like, I just, I appreciate that 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 we that we've had a relationship over the last few years. Me too. I mean,
2: it's crazy the journey. Hey, you guys, like to start to get to where it is now. I, I'm so proud of us, and I'm I'm proud of constantly putting in the work because people's lives are getting impacted, and I love it.
0: You know, I want to bring up one thing and then I want to get out of here, but you just kind of reminded me of it is that, and this is really hard to say without like, without, without it being a weird conversation from us, but this industry is so open to stuff, you know, and like, like we just, Tony and I kid all the time that we crowbarred ourselves into this industry, like we we crowbarred ourselves into like, into like this world, you know, like when we go to places, we get invited to cool parties, you know, and like we, we kind of like crowbarred our way into that. And, and not that, I mean, you're a lot smarter than us. So not that you've had to, bar your way in, but, but it's just really cool that, that, you know, we're two, we're, we're two people that started, you know, something in 2018 and, and, and we feel like we're making, like, we're making a difference in the industry. And, and, and I think that that's really, I don't know, help me out, Tony. You kind of get what I'm saying,
1: man. It's just kind of cool. No, yeah, uh, it's just I, I think because it, it, both companies are coming from a, a a place of service and giving. You know, what I mean, You're, we're we're not coming from a place what how how the industry can elevate me. It's, we're coming from a a place where we can elevate. And so I think that's why the industry, even though we we crowbarred our way in, I think that's why the industry has accepted us in a way that they have is because we're truly we love our industry we truly want to help the people in our industry and 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 obviously salon scale does the same thing
2: it's so it's you know it's one of the things when you look at any company and you look into who do they serve if their major kpi or like their north star like the goal that the entire company leans towards is revenue then it's not really it's not people it's not it's not the industry and so you know for us, like our North Star is is, is salons, like the locations, right? And the more locations we can get in, um, the more people we're serving. And if you look at it as like, how many people, who are you serving? Are you serving, you know, are you serving parts of the business or the entire industry? And both of us are quite, frankly, I think we're a little bit more agnostic, right? We work with many different brands, many different things, but we aim to serve the industry with the most knowledge and power to elevate you behind your chair and your business, um and giving you just a, a little bits of nugget to help get you through uh to be the best that you possibly can. It, it, it's
0: amazing like you said North Star's revenue well that's exactly what you're doing for other people. You know and that's yeah. why that's why your foundation is so strong because you know you're saying hey I I know a way for you to make more money and I know a way for you to have more revenue and you know as most of us are in small businesses that's that's pretty that's pretty dope you know. Yeah I
2: that's the last thing I would say is I hurt for a long time as a salon owner. I was not as profitable as I should have been. I looked like this desirable salon owner because I had all this stuff. And I'm like, this whole industry needs to wake up and realize that this is not a fun job. Like this is not fun because we don't have the cash in our business. So then I leaned into salon scale, which actually put the cash in those businesses. And now for the first time, we're starting to see profit focused uh, industry, which is the most Im- incredible, incredible thing, because I don't want another stylist, salon owner, um, solopreneur, anyone in the industry to ever feel like I did. It's not a fun thing to be on the edge of a cliff, knowing that you're just a few people away from dropping off the edge and losing everything. And so we need to change that. Um, and so that's, that's the purpose-driven, um, piece that we need to, you know, focus on. Love it.
0: Alicia, thank you for hanging out with us today. And, you know, once again, thank you for the years of friendship. And thank you very, very much for joining us on your.